When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a pewter post-game show, and it's a pewter post-game show where we're talking about a victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and those have been few and far between this season, so you got to enjoy it when you see it. The Bucs defeated the Carolina Panthers narrowly by a margin of 21-18 to 18 in what was a historic game once again for Michael Lynn Evans. Uh, we'll talk all about his big day and everything else that we saw from Bucks versus Panthers uh, this evening. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me are two of the finest people around when it comes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers media. It is uh, our fellow colleague at PewterReport.com, Josh Capo, who was on with me earlier today, and the face that runs the place at PewterReport.com. He's currently running the place at Raymond James Stadium live after the Bucks and Panthers game at Scott Reynolds. Scott, let's start with you. How's the vibe at Raymond James Stadium right now after the Bucks finally won? It's pretty electric. Uh, it, it was certainly raining and looked a little desperate at times here in a rain-soaked Raymond James Stadium. At the same time, though, Mike Evans energized this crowd, got the Bucks the lead with a diving 75-yard touchdown, uh, just broke the end zone, hit the, you know, just over the pylon. The play counted. It was an important touchdown. His next catch would be for 11 yards. That put him over 1,000 yards for uh, a total of 10 seasons to start his career. Uh, Mike Evans, if he hadn't punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame yet, certainly that is one more feather in his cap, if you will. And this guy is just, I don't say he's getting started, but man, I don't know when he's going to stop. He's 30 years old. He's already got 10 years in the league. He could conceivably do this, I think, for at least three more seasons playing at a high level, and uh, hopefully it's in Tampa Bay. I don't know how this team does not re-sign him at this point in time. He is the offense. Yeah. The Buccaneers <laughs> would not be better without him, right? I mean, he, he is the Buccaneers' offense. So, yeah. uh, to me, you're looking at a guy that if he stays healthy, if he has three more 1,000-yard seasons, even if he has, you know, another – year or two at age 34, 35, where it's 700 yards, 600 yards, he will be inside the top 10 in terms of receiving yards ahead of other Hall of Famers. 
And so to me, uh, this, this was a, a monumental game. It was a monumental milestone for, um, for Mike Evans. And, and more importantly for this year's Buccaneers, a monumental victory. Because without this victory, their season is essentially over with the Saints losing today. And Josh, you can talk about where they stand in the division and how it shakes out. It basically boils down to if the Buccaneers can go up to us, steal that win, and and beat the Falcons, they're still very much alive for the NFC South title. However, if they lose to the Falcons, they will be swept by Atlanta, and they would really, really need uh, some holiday miracles here down the stretch to get back in the NFC South race. Yeah, I, I've got a few things. So uh, we'll start with the NFC South race, and then I, I've got some uh, things to add on Evans, if you don't mind there, Scott. So um, so the Bucks are one game back of the Falcons. They play in Atlanta next week. If they beat the Falcons, the two will have the same exact overall record. At that point, they will also have the same exact divisional record at 3-1 and one in their division, because uh, the Falcons are currently 3-0, and oh, the Bucks are 2-1. and one. And they will have they'll be one and one in head-to-head contests because Atlanta beat the Bucs earlier in the season. And in this scenario, the Bucs would beat Atlanta next week. So we would then go to the third tiebreaker, which yeah. would be common games. Now, ah. with both of them being three and one in their own division, the common games in the division uh, even out. The other common games these two teams have is Minnesota, where the Bucs have beaten the Vikings. Atlanta right. lost to the Vikings. Um, Detroit, both teams lost to Detroit, so that one stays the even. Cancel and that. then, and then Tennessee. I'm sorry, Houston. Both um, both teams lost to Houston, and then Tennessee, yep. where the Bucks beat Tennessee. Uh-huh. Uh, Carolina has lost to Tennessee, so the Bucks would then have the common game tiebreaker. And so, with a victory in Atlanta next week, the Bucks would move into first place in the NFC lull. Is what yeah. I'm calling it. The right. NFC laugh out loud. Um, yeah. Then going to, to Mike Evans. Adding in his targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns from today, he is on pace for 140 targets on this season. That would be his most targets since 2016. 86 catches, most catches since 2021. 1,434 receiving yards, his most since 2018. 14 touchdowns, his most since 2021, and he's averaging 16.6 yards per catch, which is his highest mark since 2019 when Jameis Winston was throwing the ball all over the yard. At 30 years old, I think, Scott, you said it perfectly earlier when you said he's not slowing down. No. Yeah. Yeah. and I'll just say it's the the way that Mike plays the game as well. Like Mike can be a physical guy, but the name of yep. his game is getting open down the field, making the catch and either getting out of bounds or kind of protecting himself. Right. That's why I almost winced uh, one of the catches he made over the middle where he got, he almost got socked in the head yep. and then got slammed to the ground. Yep. And we've seen before, like Mike will get a tackled like a routine play. And then come up and being like, ah, oh, like my whole body. But he was like perfectly fine when he got slammed to the ground. But yeah, yeah his style of play of just kind of getting the better of the, the cornerback in front of him uh, makes him a viable option for someone that can play quite successfully into 34, yeah. 35, where maybe other receivers, like even like Chris Godwin, 
I don't know if he could still be as productive at 34 and 35, the way that Chris Godwin kind of, you know, makes plays over the middle and just his, his way of playing the game. It's a little bit different. So great for Mike. I mean, so historic, his touchdown that we talked about was um, the longest touchdown of his career. So there was two pieces of history, the thousand yards again, and then the longest touchdown of his career. Really cool to see because, of course, Mike has never really been known as the catch and run type of guy. So, right. for, I, and then he's had two of them. He's yeah. had a 74 yard catch and run earlier in the season against the Bears, right? And then yep. 74 yards and then a yeah. 75 yard touchdown. So, it's like, you know, for him at age 30 to have two catches over 70 yards, yeah. you know, and, and these, these are yak. I mean, the, the, these aren't 50 yards in the air and 20 yards after catch. No, yeah, these are like 20 yards in the air. 50 yards after catch so for him to be doing this at age 30 it's just it's it's pretty stunning trust and back here with a, a 499 super chat we appreciate that so happy for mike it's hilarious back when i was 15 years old i was so mad we didn't draft Manziel, and now he is the best offensive buck ever yes uh the buccaneers picked the right texas a&m aggie in mike evans not johnny Manziel. and yeah that was a big question in the 2014 draft is is yeah. who made who was it was it Mike Evans making Johnny Manziel or was Johnny Manziel's magic and his scrambling ability uh, and the ability just to throw it up to Mike? Who made who? And, and I think it's pretty clear. It's been clear for a long time. Mike made Johnny. Yeah, and a couple other things with that touchdown today. He's now only one behind Devontae Adams and Isaac Bruce for 13th all time. Now, yeah. Devontae Adams is still active, so he could yeah. Uh, yeah. conceivably push that up. But he is only two behind uh, Rob Gronkowski. I think it's very reasonable to think that Mike Evans could get another three touchdowns between now and the end of the season, which would put him in 12th place all time, depending on where Adams is. So yeah. that's huge. And I thought it was a little bit of redemption for Mike because uh, – and and Matt and I talked about it on the uh, yeah, on the live. Yeah, this is a great find yeah. by you. That 75-yard touchdown was the exact same route that he ran in Carolina last year right. when Tom Brady hit him and he dropped the ball. That yep. would have been a 75-yard touchdown, if I remember correctly, because it was yeah. complete blown coverage. Um, and so a little bit of a redemption for him against Carolina – to then make the catch on the same post route and get downfield and get the touchdown. My other just, thing now is I, I should say real quick. So Mike has got 10 touchdowns on the season, right? Yeah. And what do we, uh, five games left in the season now, mm-hmm. right? So yep. he, his single season touchdown record is 14 that he said in 2021. He's so he it. is, he's on pace for it. He's on pace to hit 14 and has a chance to, and the Bucks will probably need him to, get to 15 uh you know to to win some of these games down the stretch uh but you know interesting to see tampa bay uh offensively put touchdowns on the board rather than field goals that was necessary today gentlemen yes it was but at the same time just 21 points this team this team is like incrementally making progress over last year's 18.4 yard or points per game but not by a whole bunch yeah yeah, and then that's why uh, this, is a, this is a good point from Buck's Basement. And thank you for the $5 Super Chat who says, uh, not jumping for joy, beating a 1-11 team. Bulls' awful coaching was on display. Winfield saved Bulls' job. I think it's time for Trask. Baker was mad. So, yeah, for all the exciting things about Mike, and we definitely don't want to take away from that, yeah. um, that first half was really, really brutal to watch after the touchdown. And obviously it coincided with the rain falling down and, Scott, you could probably tell us better, like how the atmosphere was, because just watching yeah. it on the TV, it was like, wow, 
it is pouring. It looks absolutely miserable. I felt bad for the yeah. fans that, you know, were watching. And, um, yeah, the offense, like, really looked porous at times. Like, Baker Mayfield, well, I, I think, had his <laughs> had his worst game as a Buccaneer since, uh, you know, being named the, the starting quarterback of, of the team. I mean, he just had some bad overthrows. The interception yeah. when he was looking for Mike was – was absolutely horrific, but uh, you know, I, he, to his credit, he didn't he didn't sulk, he didn't slouch, he kept it going, and you know the offense was able to turn around a little bit in the second half. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be inspired by a three point win over a one win team. Yeah, I mean it still counts on his football card, right? But the thing is, you look at those two hundred and two yards passing today. And 75 of that was on one play to Mike Evans, which yeah. was mostly Mike Evans, right? Running mm-hmm. with, with the ball in his hand after, you know, what, roughly a 20-yard catch or so. So uh, Baker Mayfield threw for 202 yards. Mike Evans had 162 of those yards. He was the offense today, like he has been most of the season, but, but he really was the offense today. Rashad White had three catches for 22 yards. Trey Palmer, two catches for 12 yards, still the invisible man as the number three. Devin Tompkins, one catch, four yards. Chase Edmonds, one catch, two yards. Chris Godwin shut out as, as a receiver today. Three targets, no catches. He did have one drop. Uh, did have a touchdown on his lone carry, a 19-yard end around, which was a perfectly timed play. I, yeah. I really appreciate the the end around to Godwin and then the reverse to Trey Palmer that picked up 13 yards. Those yep. are two good play calls by Dave Canales in a game that was very um, uninspiring, I think, from from Dave Canales. Some of that was, was uh, in the first half due to inclement weather for sure, but uh, just n- not, not a very imaginative game outside of a couple of those end rounds. And um, – you know, the Buccaneers end up with over 300 yards, but uh, that was that was due largely to a 30-yard run at the end of the game from Rashad White that put him at 84. He was at 54 yards before that. So he gets credit for the run, but still kind of a, uh, a very lackluster offensive game overall. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, we're, we're going to celebrate this win, Peter people. We're not going to rain on, on uh, this parade. But at the same time, you're, what, what was put up there just a second ago in that Super Chat is correct. This is a 1-11 a Carolina Panther team, and, and Bucks Baseman is correct. that They beat this team by three points, and it, it really could have gone either way. Yeah, uh, there were lots of things that, that didn't look good. Baker didn't look good. I think Dave Canales' play calling at times throughout the game was questionable, second and long runs, which yeah. kind of <laughs> showed that – I think overall the offense did not trust themselves or Canales didn't trust the offense yeah. in the rain. You know, especially when you consider that bad interception, I believe that, you know, the ball just slipped out of Baker's hand for him to throw such yeah. a duck. Um, you know, they, they were committed to the ground game and ultimately the ground game put up 130 yards. I think it was. And Rashad yeah. White had eight carries for 50 yards in the second half, plus a big, um, catch and juke and run for 20 yards that helped set up the Godwin touchdown later on in a drive. So White came up big in the second half, and I think the offensive line overall pass protected well. They only allowed one sack. Uh, it's Tristan Wirfs when he got hurt, right? Um, yeah. The ankle injury. So there were positives, but 
at a certain point this season, and I think you guys will agree, I've been kind of one who continually says there's positives, there's positives, there's positive. At a certain point, they got to put it all together, and they, they just yeah. don't – they aren't able to. I know uh, the Super Chat earlier said go for Trask. There's no way the team's going to go for Trask no. No. with the potential to take the division lead next week. Like it's, yep. they're just not yeah. there from where, from their talk or their standpoint. Um, exactly. And I think the three point lead came down to a lot on defense. The, the past defense was pretty solid all game long. Carlton Davis had a great game. Uh, Antoine Winfield is otherworldly right now. Yeah. The three point loss comes down to the, they couldn't stop the run because they literally ran out of linebackers. Yeah, they and, really did. And Ryan Neal, admirable performance, stepping into the box and playing out of position. But ultimately, there were a lot of holes created for by Carolina in the run game. And they yep. were able to keep themselves in the game by in the second half. They basically just ran the ball down the Bucks' throat in in the rain, you know, with no linebackers. Yeah, I mean, you, you see here Todd Bowles, Travasia Dennis, Devin White, right? I mean, they started with KJ Britt and JJ Russell. And it was J.J. Russell who played the entire game. Who had a sack. Uh, yep. Did have a sack, six tackles, and, and actually played played pretty credible football. I mean, I, 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 think I would agree with He that. did a good job. And, and uh, you know, and Ryan Neal, you have to give him credit. He stepped in, played a position that he literally took a handful of snaps playing during the walkthrough, right? So, like, that, that's what it came down to is 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 that he, he basically did the walkthrough as a linebacker in case they needed him. And, uh, it, you know, it, it didn't play that well, but Todd Bowles has ran out of bodies, right? So I think they, they'll obviously get Sebastian Dennis back next week. We'll see about Devin White, Levante, David, Callie Bucks, nine ninety nine. Mike could have demanded a trade earlier in his career. He's stuck by the Bucks. Let's give him his flowers. Evan tied Randy Moss in 1,000-yard seasons and is now one season behind Jerry Rice, who has 11,000. Uh, sorry, 11. 1,000 yards. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, Mike Evans is a future Hall of Famer. So, and just to clarify, too, Mike Evans started his career with with now 10 straight 1,000-yard um, seasons. Nobody's ever done that before. Yeah. Jerry Rice, at different stages of his career, different years, accumulated a total of 11 1,000-yard uh, seasons. That's the new record Mike is going after. And – with every year that he stacks a thousand yard season on from this point out, he's just extending a record that, that may never be caught because it takes a certain degree of luck and, and, and skill and execution and, and stick to But for, if he was going to get, and hopefully it's in Tampa Bay, another thousand yard season, that's 11 straight years with a thousand yards. And I don't know which wide receiver coming out of college is going to stay healthy and be that productive enough that's for 11 years. Yeah. The health. You know? Now Rice, Rice did string those 11 together. They just didn't start a career. So he did have 11 right. consecutive. Yeah. yeah um, consecutive, it just wasn't, but, but yeah. not at the start. Correct. Not at the start. Yeah. Now, Scott, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you with your, your 20 some odd years of covering the bucks. Where does Mike Evans rank for you in terms of players to cover and then just on the all-time Rushmore list of Buccaneers? Uh, yeah, in my opinion, you have to make the Hall of Fame to be in the Mount Rushmore now, right? Like, that's where it is. Uh, Mike is going to be a Hall of Famer. 
right? He, he just, he is. When Mike becomes a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, he replaces Leroy Selman as the, the fourth guy on that list. I think you have Sapp, you have Brooks, you have Barber, and then you have Mike Evans on the Mount Rushmore. And the reason why it's those four and why Leroy gets bumped, it all comes down to the, the, Super, ring, Bowl ring. the Super Bowl ring, right? It's, it's champions. It's doing it at, at a, an elite level. It's getting the recognition of the Hall of Fame. And in Mike's case, going head-to-head with Leroy Selman, right? um, you look at, at, the, uh, at, at, at the, the, the NFL records, right? I mean, and Leroy was the, NF, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year back in 1979. That's a very strong uh, you know, uh, award in his favor. Yeah. It, it, Sap had that in, in I, I want to say, uh, 99. And Derek Brooks had that in 2002. So, so the, Leroy certainly deserving. I'm just saying that, that you look at, at, at everybody who's a Hall of Famer, which ones have rings and which ones don't. At, at some point in time, Leroy is going to be penalized for not having the ring right now. He does have the most sacks in franchise history. I think he beat Sapp by one, but I mean Warren Sapp helped this team get to a Super Bowl and win it, and so th- that that trumps Leroy in my opinion from Sapp's perspective. Barber, his career is just out of this world. So to me, it's it's Sapp, Brooks, Barber, and, and Mike Evans when he when he gets in the camp. In that order, as a defensive guy, all three defenders above Mike. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen. I'm I'm putting I'm putting Mike above another defense. I know yeah. that's high and, high and, praise. Yeah. And and he's 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 the greatest offensive player in Bucks history, right? I mean, he's no past doubt. past Mike Allstott in, in that uh, in that realm. And you know, I, I think the next Hall of Famer, possibly after Mike, that's in Tampa Bay. If it's not uh, Simeon Rice, which I, I don't know that they're going to put another guy from that Super Bowl yeah, team in 2002 in into the ring of honor into the hall of fame. But, but the next guy, if he stays healthy, might be Tristan Wirfs, Right. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and then, and then it's like, you kind of have that, that, uh, you know, th- that impossible argument, right. Cause there's no statistics yeah. for an offensive tackle, right. Other than career starts or whatever, right. Pro Bowls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so to me, it's like Tristan is probably um, in the running for the second best offensive player, yeah. In franchise history, if he continues at this trajectory, you know, although he's got to get he's got to get healthy. Yeah, he gave up another sack today. I mean, he is he's playing on a bad ankle, on a thigh bruise. He has beat the hell up right now, but he's he's out there battling, and he's I still playing well, even though he gave up one sack in each of the yeah. last two games. I mean, that's I right. didn't that's think incredible. Was, to yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think he was getting up after like that first time he initially went down and like Luke Etik even went over because they're best buds and like was ready to, you know, be the crutch for him. Yeah. And then Tristan went down, I want to say like a couple of plays later where the play was like off yeah. to the right side. And Tristan, I saw it was down again. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to have to stop again. But uh, thankfully, he was he was able to finish. But we got another yeah. uh, super chat from Buck's basement. Thank you for this five dollar super chat. The NFC lol is right. Why would you want to win? Lose in the wild card round, a mediocre draft pick, keeping the head coach and first place schedule next season? No thanks. Yeah, the first place schedule might be like the biggest 
detractor to winning this division because yeah. someone in the comments during the show uh the the uh game day show you're, you're playing the eagles and the 49ers again and you're playing the yeah. cowboys we used, yeah. yeah that's and that's if you get past the cowboys who just right. are scoring like 45 points a game yeah. that granted they're better at home than they are um on the road but and i think it kind of goes back to what you talked about before scott previously on other shows that Bowles is going to have to win a playoff game if he's, he's, if he's, have to, if he's yeah. going to keep his job. But, I mean, he's just got to worry about winning games first. Like, yeah. again, staving right. off the, the 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 pesky, pesky Carolina Panthers only winning yeah. by three. And uh, so, so here's the crazy thing, right? We've already seen Frank Reich get fired. And let's say Tampa Bay happens to win the NFC South again for a third straight season. Right. Let's say that happens with a nine and eight record. Is that enough progress for the Blazers? Uh, is is that truly enough to keep him, especially if they lose that that home playoff game for a second straight season? We saw Tony Dungy get fired after a winning record and just couldn't beat the Eagles. Right. So if, if Todd Bowles does not get a, a home win here in the playoffs, assuming they can win the NFC South again. We're making a lot of assumptions here yes. after a three-point win over the Panthers here. But let's play this game for a second. Theoretically, the Saints could fire Dennis Allen for not winning the South this year. The Falcons could fire Arthur Smith for not winning the South this year if Tampa Bay ends up winning the division. And, yes, the Buccaneers, if Todd Bowles does not win the division, they could fire Todd Bowles after another home playoff loss. So that would mean the NFC South could fire all four head coaches this year. How crazy would that be? I don't know that that's ever happened in the NFL where you've had an entire division fire all four of its head coaches, let alone three, right, gentlemen? And it looks yeah. like this year you're going to have three guys that are probably going to get fired. Two more are going to be joining Frank Reich. Whether it's Todd Bowles and Arthur Smith, or Todd Bowles and and Dennis Allen, or Dennis Allen and Arthur Smith, I mean, it, it, it's it's a crazy scenario right here. But the NFC South carnage in the coaching uh, ranks is is legit. It would almost be as crazy as leaving a Power Five conference team that won their conference championship out of the college football playoff. <laughs> well said, Matt. See what you did there. Now, the yeah. interesting thing there, playing through that thought scenario, is let's say the other three NFC teams all fire their head coaches. Yeah. Does that play a factor in the Glazers' thinking in one of two ways? Number one, we have to keep bowls because there's like I don't think there's ever been a, an entire division that fires their their head coach, or does that spur them to action? All of these other teams are probably going to be targeting young, up-and-coming, innovative Mm. minds. Yeah, We need to jump the shark on that and make sure we get a young, innovative mind and not get left in the dust. I think it does because, again, the the Glaciers are doing two things. They're they're looking at Todd Bowles and they want to see two things. They want to see improvement. And, 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 and this is the, the, the definition of improvement. That's, that's like the, the beauties in the eye of the beholder. That's up to the Glaciers to determine what, yeah. what improvement is. And, and my interpretation of it, I believe it is he has, he has to win the division and then he's got to win a playoff game here at home for that to truly matter and, and be considered improvement. Now, the second thing is the Glaciers also making a determination is this the guy? 
is this the guy that can win us a Super Bowl championship? Or is this a guy that is just eight and nine, nine and eight, you know, winning a really, really bad downtrodden division with other teams that have fired their coaches that just don't have good quarterback play? Is he just taking advantage of, of being the best team in, in the worst division with a, a so-so team himself? I think the Lakers have to look at that and say, I don't know that, that maybe Todd Bowles is the guy if he doesn't win a, a home playoff game. And that, that may not even be enough. I mean, if, if they barely beat whoever, and then they go on and get waxed by the 49ers or the Eagles or, or whoever, I mean, it's their team. They get to make the call. And here's the thing, guys. Th- they have recently seen what it looks like to win yeah. the Super Bowl with, with a coach who has the it factor. That's Bruce Arians. This isn't like you forget what it was like with, with John Gruden winning back in 2002 because, you know, you've had Raheem Morris and you've had Greg Schiano, you've had Levy Smith, you've had Dirk Cutter. You forgot what it, what it was like having a good head coach. You forgot what it was like winning uh, the division or, or being in the playoffs, right? You're just so desperate to get back to, you know, nine wins yeah. or, or ten. So to me, I think that the fact that Bruce Arians just won a Super Bowl and just showed him what it's like, they have to look at, the, at this division and say, if we make the right head coach – we get the right quarterback. We could take advantage of all of, of the, the turmoil in this division with our roster, and we can come out ahead. And we can actually, you know, if we press the right buttons, we, we could be on top of this thing for a couple of years to come. And I think uh, a lot of this will be determined with just how the Bucks, the players, all respond at this tail end of the season. Like, yeah. next week is a, essentially a playoff game. It's not a it playoff is. game, yeah. but it is a playoff game. Yep. So. How do they, you know, how do they respond to that? Do they correct a lot of the mistakes that we still see week in and week out? The first drive of the game is another yeah. example of the offense moving the ball quite well. And then Rashad White got a uh, offensive pass interference penalty. And, you know, that ended the drive. Can they correct some of the mistakes that um, continue to hurt them week in and week out? But let's keep the... Super Chat's going. Thank you to Matt K 91 for this $5 Super Chat who says, Baker wasn't his best today, but I don't understand all the hate that he gets. We didn't sign him to be Tom Brady. D was always going to be the path to wins this year. Yeah, Baker is a very polarizing figure. So I feel like people either love him or hate him. And if he's not playing well, those that do not like Baker Mayfield or maybe just love Kyle Trask, will be the first ones to point and say, look, he didn't do this well, he didn't do that well. And um, there is some degree of truth to it. I mean, Baker was terrible. Maybe not terrible. He was really <laughs> bad today. He was he was yeah. pretty, pretty bad today at quarterback. Yeah. And uh, he's been, I would say, solid to average this season. Um, and I think we're learning, too, that he's just – He's going to be a bridge quarterback. He's a stopgap quarterback for you know the next guy that's coming in. But does he get too much hate? I don't necessarily know. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. But all, all I'm going to say is is just I, I think it's it's time that that this team before they head up to Atlanta, they they they've got to get some Celsius going, right? Matt, I, I think oh, yeah. I think that that's the key. If you're looking at keys to victory next week, probably starts with grabbing some Celsius and getting some energy because this is kind of like the make or break um, game for their, their season down the stretch here, Matt. 
Yeah, and kind of like how the Bucs, if they want to draft a quarterback this year, they will have an option of a number of, of quarterbacks to choose from, not just one or two. That's kind of what you get with Celsius Energy drinks as well because there's so many awesome flavors from the Cosmic Vibe, which is one of their newest, to the Sparkling Orange, uh, the Strawberry Lemonade, the Sparkling Watermelon, the Oasis Vibe, all fantastic flavors. There's no sugar. There's no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, maybe you haven't had one before and you want to try it, go to the store locator on the Celsius website. You punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick up a Celsius energy drink from. It could be your local Walmart, maybe a Target, a 7-Eleven, and health and fitness store. Or maybe you just got to go to your local Bodega to pick one up. Bodega. And bodega. Once, you go, <laughs> uh, once you go to your bodega and you're like, I want more. I want to get in bulk. You can get it in bulk. Go to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save. I recommend the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge of it. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks. The official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make Celsius your Number one pick. Uh, we got more Super Chats to get to. Thank you to everyone that is Super Chatting us right now, starting with Aaron, the 999 Super Chat, who says, call me a crap fan. I don't care. I fear winning a crap division saves Bowles' job. Don't want it. Also, New Orleans now leapfrogs over Tampa Bay in the draft for Jaden Daniels, uh, and they need a quarterback. That'll be my worst nightmare. Well, they gave a big big contract to to Derek Carr for multiple yeah, years sure so did. they are kind of tied to him uh at least for the the near future now would that stop the Saints from necessarily drafting their quarterback of the future well that's a decision that they have to make um but I wouldn't be worried about that as much as uh as Aaron says here and yeah I, I agree and I, I think too uh, we'll see how it all shakes out with Jaden Daniels and his draft date. He's a very, very skinny guy. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's got a very, very frail kind of thin frame. I love him. Don't get me wrong. But um, it, we'll, we'll see how all the quarterbacks shake out when it comes to the draft. You know. Yeah, I think there's going to be, to Tanner James Goff's question here, uh, I think there are going to be some talented quarterbacks available in the second round. Will they be available like mid-second round? The Bucks may have to trade up in the second to grab a few of those, but really the only two consensus guys who are uh, seen as definite first-rounders right now are the top two, which are Drake May and Caleb Williams. Everyone else, there's an argument to be made that they may fall to the second round. Now, quarterback need always drives things a little bit higher, but there are question marks surrounding all the guys behind that. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, Jaden Daniels yep. out of LSU, Bo Nix in, in Oregon, and uh, Michael Penix Jr. Yep. in Washington. All those guys have some sort of warts that may keep teams from, from using their first-round pick on them. Uh, by the way, for those that may be listening uh, to the audio version of the podcast, Tanner James Gauff, thank you for the $5 Super Chat, says uh, we have to pay Mike but we also have to have a quarterback for the future. Do you think we can get away with the second round quarterback with a class this deep? Josh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I'll just talk about the first part. I I cannot see a world where Mike Evans. I mean, I can see a world where he doesn't come back to the box, but I don't know how the, the box don't pretty much try to exhaust every option to get him back at this point. Like they should be called the, 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you have the Buccaneers defense. But when that offense is on the field, they should just be the Tampa Bay Mike Evans because that's what well, this team yeah. is. I think you're right. It's the Tampa Bay Mike and Ears. It's really yeah, the Mike and Ears. Yeah, that they're works. the Mike and Ears. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I really do. <laughs> uh, let's go to 813 Randy. Thank you to Randy for this 999 Super Chat who says, let's give – Coach, uh, their credit, we were not great, but Todd Bowles did his job, held it close as he can. Dave is very slow at changing, but he did pick it up. We def need to uh, def need help at uh, the secondary. Yeah, they, they do need help in the secondary. Um, they, they did enough to win. Again, we're talking about a team that, that's a one-win Carolina Panthers team, and I know that on any given Sunday, right? I mean, this is this is a – a Panthers team that did beat the Houston Texans, right? So, I mean, yeah. we had to, to give them some credit, but um, probably should have been a, a wider margin. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see what happens next week. I, this, this Atlanta Falcons game is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, a win by Tampa Bay not only gives them – temporarily the the edge for first place in the nfc south general but it gives them momentum mm -hmm. this would be back-to-back -back wins something this franchise has not had since <clears throat> weeks two and three right is that right now i'm, I'm glad four. Yeah. uh it was one and two one and two one and one two, and two. Yeah. minnesota and chicago now, I, Matt, Scott, you know I'm not down in Tampa. I don't get to go to the press conferences. I need you guys to help me out this week. I need one of you to ask Bowles if he's worried if this win is going to snowball. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd give an interesting response to that one. Uh, yeah. We got Trustin Vorbeck with a 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Trustin, who says, Say the best-case scenario happens. We sneak out in the sloppy division and win. Then we will play Dallas or Philly and get stopped. Is Todd Bowles being slightly selfish, wanting this to keep his job? Is he being selfish well, because he doesn't, he doesn't want, want to get, get fired? fired? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. I think yeah. that's reasonable for any person right. to not want to get fired from their job. So, Tristan, are you yeah. saying that Todd should should take the hit for the team and be like, listen, we're right. all going to get better if I'm out of the way. So, <laughs> I got to – so I got to do my part and sabotage the team so we can get me out of town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Todd Todd obviously wants to win. He wants to be a head coach. He knows. He understands that this is probably his last head coaching gig. Yeah. If he gets fired again after two failed tries in, in two different areas, um, it's sadly probably going to be the last time that he ever is a head coach. So. He's yeah. he's got to take full advantage of it. That's right. And a guy who's kind of like on his last leg is Baker Mayfield in terms of being a starting quarterback in this league. This is his last shot and didn't play very well today. Uh, we've got a $5 super chat here from Furu Kawab. Thank uh, you, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Furu. Says uh, Baker looked like he was late on all of his throws outside the numbers. Panthers were real close to jumping those routes and taking back for pick six. Yep. Yeah, they, they were. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was not a great game for Baker. He did have the one interception on a terrible throw could have had other uh, balls that were, that were picked off. So I think he was fortunate there that, that, uh, he only had the one pass that was, that was intercepted, um, by Xavier Woods there just on a duck. Uh, I think yeah. Mike was, 
Mike was probably ticked that he didn't play defensive back well enough on that play. But, yeah, yeah, he did but, in the uh, Pro Bowl before, so he's he used did. to playing defensive back. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually played defensive back in a couple of games early in his career. He was he was put in there on Hail, Hail Mary defense because of his ability to jump up and, and get the ball. So uh, he hasn't done that in several years, but he did play some defensive snaps earlier in his career. Uh, well, thank you for that $5 super chat there, Faru. Uh, Cody Malk finally made an impact by taking Brian Burns out of the game. That's right. That's kind of crazy, right? Very Brian Ryan Burns. Jensen-esque. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I took a punch from Brian Burns and, and got uh, ejected. Uh, boy, for, for a guy who really is probably the best player on the Panthers defense, right? I mean, Derek Brown's good, but Brian Burns is is kind of that difference maker. Man, for him to to – be ejected in the what third quarter? Yep. Yeah. I mean that that was man. That's that, that's quite a blow right there for a, a team that's not very talented to begin with to lose perhaps their most talented player. Period. That's just that that was a, a big blow. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned it for because it, that that really was a big play in this game that uh, that kind of um, went unnoticed. I also what I don't get either is. Uh... Like, I understand if you play for such a bad team and you're a great player, you might want to get ejected. Like, in the NBA, it's easier just to get ejected and, like, that's it. It's not a big deal. But the way that, like, the weather was horrible, I think by the time he got ejected, the weather had cleared up. I could be wrong. But right. Anything, no, you're right. If anything, yeah. you want to get kicked out while it's raining so you're not, like, standing <laughs> outside and it's pouring yeah. the whole time. Like, he stood there the whole time in the rain and played through it, and then it finally the weather yeah. got better. And that's when he All was right. So here, here, this is an observation I made. I was talking with, with Bailey Adams and, and Adam Slavon up in the press box, right? So Servassier Dennis this week was sick, missed all was, the practices. Okay? I was thinking about and, this too. And yet here's Todd Bowles, right, who is uh, you know kind of a father figure type coach. He's, he's a dad himself, right? Yeah. So here's Servassier Dennis on the sidelines in the game right now. He's, he's healthier Right, he he was healthy enough to be on the sidelines, but not not healthy enough to dress because uh, he was sick. But he's he's asked to stand on the sidelines during a torrential downpour. Yeah. it's like Todd, <laughs> what are you doing? This guy's been sick. You want him to get another cold, right? So his immune system's been compromised this week. I don't know. It just was it was a funny visual when I saw this picture from Cliff Welch, our photographer, come up. I'm like, man, there's there's Sabasier right there recovering from his cold and his sickness this week, and and uh, and here he is out there potentially having his immune system compromised by, you know, some some inclement weather again. So I, I don't know, just interesting. But uh, Meets McGee, five dollars super chat. Baker is awful at reading his progressions. It's two reads, then panic. He's a potential career backup. His skittishness reminds me of Jeff Garcia a lot former Buccaneer quarterback who was vertically challenged as well, six foot, six foot one. And, and really kind of, um, you know, uh, when, when, when the, when the constructed passing lanes are closed, his reads are taken away by coverage, uh, whatever. Uh, and he can't see there is a level of panic that sets in. And, and Jeff Garcia was kind of the same way. Sure. I don't think he's a career backup. I mean, he is absolutely one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. The the big question that you know is debated among Bucks world is whether Baker Mayfield. It's, first of all, 
He was an absolute bargain for $4 million this year. Yeah. He's played better than Derek Carr. He's played better than any other free agent signing. Okay. He's been a top 20 quarterback in the NFL this year. It really comes down to what is Baker as far as the potential for the future and whether that potential yeah. will come with the Bucks. He should get a starting level contract next year. I've started to do some preliminary looks and it's probably going to be somewhere between 20 and $25 million a year and somewhere between two and three years. Yeah. Do the Bucks want to make that investment? Because that's a much different investment than a one-year, $4 million pact. Yeah. That's where it comes down to. He's not a backup. He's absolutely right. not a backup in the NFL. He is a somewhere between 18 and 24. He's a starter. Can he get the Bucks to an NFC championship game or a Super Bowl or a ring? I think most would say no. Yeah. But he's certainly capable of getting them to the playoffs. They're one game out of being a playoff team. So, um, yeah. If, uh, if you took the under on passing yards for Baker Mayfield, you would have won some money over at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, use the promo code Pewter at Underdog Fantasy, P-E-W-T-E-R, and get a first deposit bonus when you sign up. Um, their app is so much fun with all the great different games they have. The Pick'ems is obviously ones that uh, we pay attention to a lot. You pick between two and five players. Win up to 20 times your money. You just got to pick one player on at least two different teams. So if you're watching Bucks Panthers, you could pick at least one from the Bucks and one from the Panthers and and keep going. And you just bet on uh, a number of different stats, whether it's rushing yards on a player or passing touchdowns. Um, it's a great time. They have it for all different sports as well. They got in-season tournaments, the rivals, and obviously uh, we are big fans of the Pick'em. So check out Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, for a first deposit bonus over at Underdog Fantasy. Let's get back to those. Oops, sorry. Wrong one. Uh, let's get back to those super chats. Uh, another one from from Furu Kawab. Thanks again for this five dollars super chat. Oh as, boy! As much as us Bucks fans have been complaining about our offense, we'll get ready for the next Thursday night football game: Pats <laughs> versus Steelers. <laughs> Wolf. Well, at least the Steelers are trying to get better oh. on offense. Yeah, um, but they're they're going to be without Pickett. Yeah. Well, Mitch Trubisky yeah. beat the Bucks, right? So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is the, the New England Patriots team that scored zero points today against Donut. the L.A. Chargers. I actually had the Chargers at five and a half. So did I. And so, yeah, and so <laughs> I, I cashed that today. I had a very, very good day with prop bets as well. Over at my bookie, I hit uh, uh, Rashad White first to score a touchdown. I hit nice. Mike Evans, the over, um, and uh, so I, I – I had a great college uh, football weekend and capped it off with, with several wins today, including the Chargers beating the Patriots. But yeah, man, that's yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's criminal. When you score zero points uh, in the NFL, after uh, you made a quarterback change too, like they yeah. moved to Bailey Zappi having him as, as the QB, and yeah. Uh, yeah, clearly did not work. So Patriots yeah. will certainly be in the uh, business of getting a new quarterback next season at least if yeah. i were them i would uh trustin vorbeck with another super chat this one's 999 Thank thanks trustin says this was part two because this will kill our shot at a top 10 pick love you guys and your coverage thank you so much trustin p.s off topic is russell gage going to be able to come back and possibly be a number three next year no um 
I, I here's the thing. Uh, right now, I think the Buccaneers are picking 11th, depending on what happens with the Packers tonight. They'll pick either 10th or 11th. So by winning today, they only slid from seven back to 10, which is where they were last week before the loss to the Colts. So they're either going to be 10th or 11th, depending on what happens with the Packers game tonight. Uh, as for Russell Gage, I, I think they're moving on from Russell. Uh, you know, he's he has not been healthy, and injuries are not typically a player's fault. But uh, boy, they they've really kind of been snake bit twice with this guy, who was healthy in yeah. his career with the with the Panthers. But uh, they they've seen what a not healthy Russell Gage did for them because he's not big, he's not fast. He has good separation quickness, but the hamstring injury back in 2022 robbed him of the ability to separate. And then, you know, he has the, the knee injury and training camp. So I, I, I think at his salary, which they, they already asked him to take it from $10 million to seven, I, I, I think the, they're, they're definitely going to move on from muscle gauge. I think the other thing to consider, and I completely understand, and, and I acknowledge the higher your draft pick, the, more likely you are to pick a difference maker. Um, the Bucks and Jason Light has made several picks throughout his career as GM, pass number 10 for force multiplier, um, you know, amazing players. So, yes, he got Mike Evans at, at what, fifth overall, but Tristan Wirfs was in the teens. Kalijah Kansi looks very, very good in the teens. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's not that a top 10 pick guarantees you a franchise right. savior and it's and picking outside of the top 10 doesn't yeah. mean you absolutely won't get somebody who can make a huge difference. So That's right. yes, it's good to have a higher pick. You have a, a larger pool to, to pick from, but it doesn't, it, it's not so cut and dry that, right. Oh, you don't have a top 10 pick. You're not going to get Patrick Mahomes was taken in outside of pick 10. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he was, if he was 10 and then, Josh That's Allen right. was was picked seventh, so you know you're talking. Lamar Jackson was picked thirty second, right? So you're yep. talking about three three quarterbacks that have been mentioned as, and of course, uh, uh, Mahomes and and Lamar have won the MVP. But Josh Allen's been in that conversation when he's been playing well, and you know certainly a multi year Pro Bowl quarterback. And and these guys were not drafted number one or two, right? They're not, uh, you know, Trey Lance. They're not. Um, um, Justin Fields, they're not Mitch Trubisky, they're not Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston, right? Those were all guys drafted, what, one or two. Yep. So sometimes be careful what you wish for, getting a number one or number two pick and drafting a quarterback. It doesn't always work out well. Sometimes you get a Joe Burrow, sometimes you get a Jameis Winston. And, and I think, like, if he identifies a guy that he thinks is that franchise quarterback, the Bucks have the resources in almost every situation outside of May and Williams to make that happen. Yeah. You know, the pick that they slot into based on where they end up in the standings does not mean it's the pick that they have to pick yeah. at. You That's can right. trade up. Carolina know? Panthers did that. Exactly. Yeah. Now they so. don't have a pick for next season. Damn. Uh, last thing I'll just say about Russell Gage real quick. I do wonder if he was healthy, how he would look or how he would help the team in this year's oh. offense, where we've talked about Trey Palmer. He just hasn't come around. Not, not being there. Just, and Just has not stepped up and, and made the plays. And 
And, and uh, you know, and Tompkins I, 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 is very sporadic too. You yeah. know, like he's more valuable as a punt returner right now on this team than what yeah. he's you know done a wide receiver. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I think Russell Gage he did have five touchdowns last year. You know, I yeah. mean, he was kind of a possession receiver, but he would be better than what we've seen so far from Russell Gage. I'm sorry, from uh, Trey Palmer. Can, can I take a small victory lap on that? Because I've been the Russell Gage standard bearer. Yeah, yeah. Since last you year. Are. And then yeah. in the preseason, when Trey the the Trey Palmer hype got too big, it, it yeah. like beat Sauce Gardner. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna miss Gage. Palmer looks good, but he's still a fifth or sixth sixth rounder, I think yeah. it was sixth rounder. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I do believe Trey Palmer is actually a solid number three overall, but he's still a rookie learning, and, and that's the big thing. Yeah. The pros the future prospects on Trey Palmer are bright. I one hundred percent say. That. Oh yeah, I I think he's got a bright future. It just the production this year. week in week yeah. out is just not there. You know where, where it needs yet. to be, and and I think Russell Gage as a veteran would yep. would be more productive. You know, just one thousand percent. Let's uh super, let's keep chat the super chats moving. Yeah, uh, meets McGee. Thanks for the two dollars super chat. <laughs> Josh and I were actually talking about this earlier on the live stream. Did you guys notice Panthers number sixty six Jensen? Oh my god! Yeah, Josh called it out like almost right away. Very funny. Also kind of sad because it makes you think about Ryan Jensen and how he's not playing yeah. for the Bucs. Uh, but yeah, it definitely did take note of it. Uh, Eric Moreno, thanks for the $5 Super Chat, says, do you think Levante will play next week? Uh, Devin White and Jamel Deans, pretty much everyone that was out. Uh, yeah. Too yesterday. early to tell. Too early. Yeah, too early yeah. to tell. We'll see how they practice. I think Servasier Dennis certainly is in play for next week because he's over his, his illness. Yeah, unless he, he would, got a cold today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would be the most likely. The unless, yeah, yeah, unless yeah. he got that's a that's a great question for a Thursday podcast. Yes, one hundred percent. Cali Box, thanks for the four ninety nine super chat. Says Light Jason Light posted on uh, posted an Instagram pic saying Mike is him. All comments are telling Jason to pay him. Should have yeah. paid Evans while we could. His price tag is going up. Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll see where it ends up. The, the one thing you have to understand is Mike will be 31 before the start of next season. Turns 31 in August. And there is, like, you look at all of, all of these top receiver contracts, the Cooper Cup deal, you know, the uh, Devontae Adams, all, all these contracts that, that, are, that are paid, where they're over $20 million, $25 million, et cetera. That those contracts were were signed before the receiver turned thirty, so there is yet to be a receiver that has received over twenty million dollars at the age of thirty one, which is what Mike will be next year. So it, it's it's uncharted territory. At some point in time, you start to fall off. You start to have some of those injuries. I'll, I'll just remind you: the Glaciers paid top dollar for Shaq Barrett. And, you know, he tears his Achilles at age 29, right? Uh, or actually was 30, towards Achilles at age 30. Um, and Ryan Jensen at age 32, you know, he got hurt. So uh, there is a little bit of trepidation there. We'll see what Mike's uh, final number ends up being. I think he comes back to Tampa Bay. I, I don't have any um, – yeah. there, there's no definitive, uh, you know, source that that's going to happen, but – uh, Jason Lights, listen, this is his first draft pick ever as a general manager. They have got a fantastic relationship in history. It's going to be Mike's going to go out and test the free agent market. He's going to get a number. He'll bring it to the Buccaneers. They'll either match it or they'll say, hey, yeah, Chicago is paying you $25 million when you include the state income tax in the state of Illinois, which is through the roof. Um, our $22 million, hypothetically speaking, 
is, is actually the same, right? So like, like they're going to play that game and uh, with, with every catch and touchdown, I, I think Mike Evans's chances of staying in Tampa Bay are, are pretty strong. Now, whether you are living in Tampa Bay or you're moving to Tampa or the state of Florida, or you're moving around the state, you're going to want this guy signed and on your roster. That's Eric Gross from the Eric Gross group. That's right. When it comes to real estate, it's the same thing as trying to win a football game. It takes the total team effort. That's where the Eric Gross group comes into play through the official real estate agent and agency of Pewter Report. The Eric Gross group's done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. They've got experience in all sorts of situations. You probably know by now, Eric is an avid Tampa Bay fan. He's a Tampa native. He's a Pewter Report reader. He's texted me during the game with venting just like you Pewter people. So he feels you. He gets you. He's one of you. So when you're looking for a real estate agent, this is a guy who's going to treat you not like a client or a transaction, but really as a lifelong friend. That's that's the type of relationship Eric's looking for. He's a great guy. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Go check out the website, housesinfla.com. That's housesinfla.com. Or give Eric a call, 513-907-4271. Visit him on Facebook or Instagram at Eric Gross Group. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Group, the official real, real estate agency of Peter Report. Here, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to say one last thing on, on the Mike Evans contract. Yeah. It's important to understand. He asked for that extension right at the beginning of preseason, right? Or, or training camp. Or no, season, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, or it at least became very public at that point. The Bucks could have extended him and saved some cap in 2023. But at that stage of free agency, what were they going to spend it on? You, you're, you're, you don't have any players out there that you would be able to use those savings. And yes, his price tag based on his production this year has gone up. Um, he was asking for 28. I still don't think he's going to get like that, that Cooper cup deal, which is like 28, uh, I don't 28. Think he will either. Yeah. I think uh, Scott, you and I had some conversations when it first happened and we pegged it around 22 and a half would be kind of yeah. the value that he had this year maybe that moves him up to 25 or 26. So the Bucks, it may have cost them three to $4 million a year extra. But here's where not signing him in the preseason or in training camp actually can help the Bucks going forward. If they had signed the deal then, they would have saved on the cap in 2023, but had a very large cap number in 2024. By right. waiting, what they've done right. is they're paying out a lot of cash this year, they're taking down some of his cap number from this contract and they'll be able to rework a new deal. If they do yeah. sign him this off season, Lower that cap value next year, the right? 2024 exactly. cap number will be much smaller. And that's in an yeah. off season where they're going to have a lot more money to work with to create a better on field product. So exactly. It, it still could actually very much work out in every party's to every party's advantage, both Mike yeah. and the team. I agree. By having waited the year. I agree. We got a uh, final super chat here from Nicola. 499 CBS put on a chart that showed rookie quarterbacks taken in the first round, and none of them were that successful. Is it really the answer? We'll see. We got a long way to go before the draft. Up next is the Bucks and the Falcons. And I want to find out where the coverage is leading up to that game. Well, there's one place to turn. Matt Matera, where is that place? That, of course, is to follow us on all of our social media at Peter Report. 
You can find us on X Threads, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. We got the podcast four times a week, the live game day stream, uh, Peter Picks and Props, Peter Pulse that Scott does. Uh, tons and tons of videos from uh, you know practice and press conferences and everything else in between. Josh does an insanely fantastic job with uh, a lot of film breakdown uh, and things of that nature, which are super fun to watch and uh, you know very uh, informative as well for yeah. someone maybe that's like trying to get into the game more and see see it uh, like another side of things. So. Um, yeah, that's all of our social media. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a comment as well. That helps, yeah, it helps uh, really grow our time. audience. And tomorrow, uh, it's going to be Victory Monday. Victory We're going to have a Victory Monday for the first time in a couple of weeks. So very much looking forward to that as well. That's going to do it for us tonight. For Josh Capo, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Oh. Oh. Oh.